This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Michael Kalstrup and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit us at www.thefellowship.church. Let's pray because uh, I want you guys to get something out of today. Uh, here a couple weeks ago, uh, when uh, my son was on his way home from uh, uh, church, Rachel asked him, she said, So, well, what'd you learn today? He goes, Well, I learned about Sir Fats a lot. And Rachel's like, Excuse me? Sir Fats a lot. We learned about Sir Fats a lot in, 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 in school, Sunday school over here. And if you don't know who that, that means, it's, it's uh, King Jehoshaphat. Okay? So I want you guys to, you know, I don't want you guys to walk away from here and be like Will and, and be like, I learned about Sir Fats a lot. So we're going to pray. We're going to ask that God would give you uh, wisdom and open up your eyes and help you to understand what it is that I'm trying to say. Because there, there's, there's a very, very good possibility that I might say Sir Fats a lot this morning. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you, and we are so thankful, so grateful, Father, for your word and uh, just our time here this morning in worship. And uh, we just know, Father God, that you're in this place to set people free, to help people, to show people new things. Uh, to cause them to have victory in their life. And so we just thank you that today I'll do what I do, and then we believe, Father God, that the Holy Spirit will pick up uh, where I leave off and do what only he can do. And we just thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. Well, hey, you know, um, I want to start off by just talking to you guys, just give you a little bit of uh, background on who I am. I'm a very, very competitive person. Uh, if, if you don't know me, or maybe you don't know me, uh, I'm a very, very competitive person. I brought some pictures to kind of illustrate that. Uh, the first one is this one. Uh, this is a, a picture of me at a very young age in a pair of homemade shorts uh, that I'm still trying to get over that. So I just think if you talk about it and get it out there, you can kind of deal with it. And, uh, yeah, <clears throat> um, but that's me at the uh, uh, Red Rider BB Gun Association, uh, the national championship. I took uh, first place. I didn't. That's in my backyard. But in my mind that day, that's exactly what was going down. I won and and shot perfectly, 100%, you know, didn't miss anything. And so uh, I brought another one. This was a few years later in high school. Uh, I'm I'm beating my very best friend, one of my very best friends in high school, Corey Woods, and uh, he's not here to defend himself. And so I I can put this picture up there if I want to. And uh, so I'm winning. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I, th- I thought I'd, I'd bring you one more just to let you know how, you know, I mean, they're not even close to me there. I'm, I'm way out in front of them. Victory was just mine that day. And, uh, and so, um, so, yeah, those are just a few pictures I thought you'd bring, that I'd bring, you know, and, and, and it really hasn't changed, you know, now, now I, I could still do hurdles if I wanted to, uh, but I'm not going to try that. What are you shaking your head for, Steve? I could do that. He's shaking his head like, no, I can't. But anyway, you know, uh, victory is still something that I, I've got to have in my life. Here recently, we went out to Colorado with the family and, and uh, had a great time in Estes Park. One of the days that we, we just stayed in the cabin and we played Monopoly. You know, and, and most of you guys would think as a, as a loving, caring father, you would, you would, you know, teach your kids, show them how, to, how it works and be kind and let them win. And uh, my wife can attest to this. That's absolutely not even true. Uh, uh, I, 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 I will stop at nothing to beat them. If they, if they land on my property, they are going to pay, pay up, pay dad now, now, all of it, not some of it. I don't care that you don't have enough money. You're going to pay me. Go ahead. Let's, let's mortgage this stuff off. Right. 
So that's kind of how the, the game was going, uh, you know, and, and Lauren and Andrew, uh, Rachel kind of just got sick of it, and she just left. Uh, but, uh, you know, as the game went on, you know, victory was, was pretty much inevitable. Um, but uh, then something happened, and I didn't really think about it, but my, my son and daughter, they, they teamed up, and they consolidated their, their, their property and their money, and all of a sudden, the, the, the tide turned, and somehow I lost. And, and, and so, you know, that was kind of an unfortunate situation. But, but needless to say, victory was still, um, you know, something that I really live for. And I, I kind of asked myself the question, you know, like, where did this start? Where did it all begin, you know, this, this idea that I want to be a winner and I want to be victorious? And, 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 and the best thing that I can figure is, is that... Sometime when I was in second, third, maybe fourth grade, I think that it all started on, 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 uh, in, in PE class uh, because I would go into PE class and there, we would play these amazing games. And one of those amazing games was dodgeball, but it was a mix of dodgeball and pinball. And, uh, you know, what you do is, is that they put these five pins that are about this high uh, across half court. And, and, you know, most days I was winning, right? I was victorious and and when he, but there were a few days when I was in PE that I would, I would lose one, and I'd lose two. Our team, you know, we just didn't have we didn't have it stacked. It wasn't stacked. It wasn't didn't have the people that we needed to get the job done, right? And so, you know, we would uh, inevitably find ourselves like two and three games down. And as an as a competitive person, this is demoralizing, right? You, you know, as a, as a third grader, you're looking at the clock, and it's like, okay. I got 10 minutes to, to, to win this back. I got to win three games. I probably got to win four games in 10 minutes, with, which you know, it's like, I, I just don't even think that this is conceivable. But then something great would happen, something amazing. And we're just going to call him Mr. V, Mr. Victory, for, for his identity. We're going to protect that identity. But it was our PE teacher, and this guy was amazing. And when Mr. V came off the sidelines, off of his chair, in his, his high shorts, and his tight shirt, I mean... Victory was inevitable, okay? It, there, was, it, there was this like newfound spirit, like the spirit of hope would come back to you. You'd be so excited. It's like, you know, like, you know, you would cower in fear before, but the minute that he's out there on the floor, I mean, it's just like, there's, you're doing matrix moves and you're just like, you're doing things that you would never do. Why? Because Mr. V is on the floor with you. He's there to just, you know, lift the spirits and, and you know, he himself was, was, you know, an, an immortal. And he would win these games and we, he'd bring us back. We'd win one game and we'd win another game. We, and, and be looking at the clock. It's like, yes, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. And we'd get back to this, we'd get back to even. And then he would sit down. But he had evened the playing field. Victory was overwhelming when he came in. I mean, he just leveled the playing field. So then we could move on and just be victorious. And you're probably wondering to yourself, what on earth? Are you telling me about your ears in PE? And what does that have to do with spirituality? It has everything to do with spirituality. Because just as Mr. V brought overwhelming victory in PE, I know it's goofy, right? God wants to bring overwhelming victory into your life. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is is overwhelming victory. If you brought your Bible, uh, I want you to turn to Romans uh, chapter 8. And it says in Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 37, it says, Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is yours through Christ Jesus. 
And, and you know, and, and I, I just think about this now, you know, in my life, and I know some of those stories are silly, but, but the reality of, of God wanting you to have victory in your life is serious. It's a serious matter. He didn't send his son Jesus to come to the earth, to take stripes on his back and, and give his life so that we would live in defeat. No, he came to give us victory. And, you know, as a pastor, you know, and working with students and working with adults, it's like you want the very best for people. You know, and a lot of times, you know, they head down the road of life and they, they make the right decisions, they do the right things. And, and then sometimes, you know, and that's probably the, the thing that, that, that uh, breaks my heart the most is the person that ends up going off the other way and they're not experiencing victory in their life. They're not experiencing the overwhelming victory that God sent his son for. And, and, and they find out, you know, you find out later on that, you know, maybe the relationship or the, the marriage that they were in fell apart or, or uh, a, a student or something, somebody that came through the, the ministry and they're, they're off doing their own thing, living their own way, and, and they're not living for God and they're not following God. And that, that for me, is disappointing, you know. And, and so, um, you know, when it comes to having overwhelming victory in life, that's what I want. As a pastor, I want that for, for each and every person that comes to this place, each and every person that leaves this place and moves on and goes on and does other things. I want them to have victory, and so does God. And, and so that's really my point. Number one is, is that God has given you overwhelming victory. And as we read there in uh, Romans eight thirty seven, it says that all, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours. Another verse of scripture in, in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, but thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus. So God has given us, he's given you and I victory, uh, but we have to remember that it's through Jesus. It's not something that we attain in our own effort, but it's through, uh, uh, through Jesus. And he, he paid the ultimate price. He won the victory. He won uh, spiritual, uh, you know, the victory over spiritual death and sin. And I don't know about you. I mean, we may not be completely successful. We may not do it all right in life, but you know what? God has, has set us right in front of God without sin as if, uh, you know, without sin and without spot or without blemish, right? We, we, we get to stand before uh, our heavenly father and Jesus is our advocate. And that, I don't know about you, but that right there is victory in and of itself. But he wants us, right, before we get to heaven, and that's going to be great. That's going to be a great victory that we, we get to experience. But, but in the meantime, right, while we walk the earth, he wants us to have victory in our lives. And so point number two is, is that victory is yours because he loves you. And, uh, you know, you got to know that he loves you. I think that there are some people that, that I, I, I run into them all the time. Their idea of who God is, is, is can be kind of messed up. You know, some people think, well, he's just up there waiting for me to make a mistake, and, and then I'm going to zap him, you know. Or, you know, they think that, uh, you know, um, that he's out to get them. Or, or that maybe, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling in life because God's trying to teach me something. You know, here recently, um, I was talking with this individual, and, and we were talking about the Kobe Bryant, um, uh, his death. I don't know if you guys know who Kobe Bryant was, but he played basketball and he uh, uh, passed away in a helicopter accident at a very young age, you know. And, and so we were talking about that, and I just kind of sat there and listened, you know, to, to his opinion on it. And, uh, you know, he said, you know, it's kind of weird, you know, when these things happen, it, it just it, it makes you question, like, kind of where you stand with God. You know, and, and I think that he's a believer, pretty confident that he is, but... but uh, 
he just said, you know, it kind of just makes you think. And, and I would say it does. You know, when bad things happen in, in the world and things are going on, it definitely, you know, begins to make you think, okay, you know, where do I stand with God? You know, but the thing that he went on to say is, is he said that I believe that he causes these things to draw us closer. So what he was saying is he said, you know, I believe that God caused this to draw people like myself to God. But I'm here today to tell you that that's, that is not the case. God does not go around causing bad things in order to draw us uh, believers back to him or even, even non-believers. That's not the case. You know, it, it says, and um, uh, Paul said that it's the goodness of God that leads man to repentance, right? I mean, as a father, if I, if I you know, if I want my sons to respond or, or, or do something, I'm not going to be mean and, and condescending and, and all that. I'm not going to get what it is that I'm looking for. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kindly talk to them about what it is that they need to do. And the same thing is true with God. He's, he's loving us. No matter what we do, Romans 8 says that, um, he, that he loves us and nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God. It says there in Romans 8.35, it says, can anything ever separate us from the love of God? And that's one thing that I think that you need to internalize as you go. It's like, can anything separate us? It goes on to say, it says, does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or, or we're persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all of these things, overwhelming victory, overwhelming victory is yours through Christ Jesus. I like kind of how the Amplified reads. It says, yet in all of these things, we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us. And so we have to understand, guys, that it doesn't matter uh, what has happened in the past. It doesn't matter, you know, the mistakes that we make in the future. We cannot be separated from the love of God. And that's what, that's what uh, uh, Paul's trying to tell us in this scripture. So there's absolutely nothing that can separate you from his love. Overwhelming victory is yours because God... God's love for you is untouchable, it's immovable, it's indestructible, and it's unshakable. And so we, we need to know that. We need to know that God wants us, and he did what it is that needed to be done for us to have overwhelming victory. And, and not only that, he loves us. He loves us dearly. That's why, that's why we can enjoy his victory. But I think that the, the, the problem that kind of comes into this is, is that, you know, life can just happen, Right? And you might, be, you might be the person that's sitting there and it's like, that's great, Brian. I'm, I'm glad that God wants me to have overwhelming victory. But uh, to be honest with you, I am having overwhelming defeat right now, you know. And, and, and we all go through it. You know, I know that for our family, um, uh, here two weeks ago, we, you know, a couple kids ended up with the flu. And then, the, and then that weekend, another one ended up with the flu. And then the one that got healed over the weekend and got better, got the flu or got the strep throat. I mean, and then we got through week three and my wife ended up with it. And it's like, what is going on? You know, you, know, you, you start to like go down that road in your mind and it's like, okay, um, okay, Lord, am I doing everything okay here? You know? And, and, and so you, you, you go through life, right? And things happen, right? We, 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 uh, you know, if we have kids, older kids, they end up going the, the opposite way. It's like you train them up, you train them up, you bring them to church, you do this. And the next thing you know, they're like leaving the reservation. It's like, uh, Hey, come on back. You know, and, and you begin to like question like, okay, did I, did I do something wrong? Did I, did I not go to church enough? Did I not pray with them enough? Did I not speak to them enough? You know, um, 
how, you know, those that are married, right? I saw this really thing, funny thing this week, you know, uh, when you first get married, all you really want is uh, two hearts and a diamond, right? It's like a deck of cards. All you want is two hearts and a diamond. And years later, all you really want is what? A club and a spade. You guys get that? A little slow. We'll let that sit. You know, we can laugh, right? We can laugh. But I'm telling you what, I mean, you know, there are days where it's like, what is going on? It seems like we keep circling the, you know, we keep coming back to this. We keep coming back to this. And why, why isn't it changing, you know? And so you got the kids and you got uh, marriage. You know, there's health issues that can kind of come into play where it's like you're believing God. It's like, man, I'm believing God. What is going on? You know, and it seems like, you know, time and time again. You know, and, and I kind of like when I think about this in my life, it's kind of like, when I pack to go on a trip, is there anybody in here that's like this? When I pack to go on a trip, it's like I pack more stuff than I need. Anybody in here? And you don't realize it until you get home. It's like, good Lord, what? why did I take four books? I don't even read a book a month, right? <laughs> and, so, and so I brought this as an illustration, you know, and, I, you know, it's kind of like this. It's like we, we put these bags on. We have these bags in our life and, uh, you know, got it. Yeah, you know, you, you have these bags on, and it's like you're carrying, you're carrying stuff that, that you were never designed to carry, right? You got something in your marriage, you know, you're carrying it in your marriage, or, or, or uh, you know, maybe, maybe Joel, you know, he offends me, and he hurts me. Will you put that in my backpack? I want to carry that. I want to carry that offense. Thanks, Joel. I'm still mad at you. You know, you know there, could be, there could be, you know, unforgiveness in your life, and so you just kind of, kind of drape that over your life, you know, and you're just kind of going through life like this, right? You, you, these things happen and you never, you continue to carry them with you, right? You're just kind of going along and you don't look like this in the natural, right? None of you guys have backpacks on, right? None of you do. But, but you know, for me, it's like, I've got this and it's like, you know, if I, I, I don't know, I'm carrying it, but it's like, excuse me, excuse me. See, I, I'm affecting people. I'm hitting them. I'm dragging my coat on top of them, and, and don't let me hit in the head, but I could hit her in the head, and my, my, the stuff that I'm carrying is, is affecting people, and here I am. I'm walking along, just walking along, and, and, and pe- people that are close to me, they can see it. They can see that I'm carrying the baggage. They can see that I'm not, that I'm not setting it down. They can see that I'm you know, still offended at Joel because I talk about it, right, and I carry it. I carry it with me, and it goes with me wherever I go, wherever I walk. There I go, and there's my baggage on the back. And we all do this. It's like we, 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 there's something, and it might be a lot of stuff, you know? I mean, just a ton of stuff. For others, it could be just one, one little thing, just one thing. And it's like, you know, the Word of God says to cast your cares on Him, right? But this is what happens. It's like, oh, man, I'm feeling really comfortable. I don't want to let go of this. I can't let go of what Joel said to me. I can't let go of what she did. I can't let go of what he did. And so we just keep on walking through life. And, God, and, and the whole time, God wants us to have victory in our lives. He, he sent his son so that we could have overwhelming victory. But we can't have overwhelming victory when it's like we're just holding on to the offense. We're holding on to the hurt. We're holding on to what happened, you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago. 
the person may have passed away that hurt us and we're still carrying it. And God's like, listen, I, I, I came so that you could have overwhelming, this thing stinks, sorry. You know, and, and we're just holding on to it. We're like, I'm not letting go. God's saying, cast your care on me. I, get, I came to give you overwhelming life. And so we come into these services and we're like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And, and we start to take it off and, 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 and we set it down. We're like, you know, you're right, Brian. I need to let it go. But the problem is, is that we pick it back up when we get back out the door. We're talking, it, it's, it's internal, right? You set it down in here, but when you walk out and the thought comes back to you and the enemy's like, hey, Joel, what Joel did was low. It was lower than, lower than a snake's belly. And you're, you're like, you're, you're right. He is. He, he is lower than the snake's belly. I'm going to pick that back up. I'm going to put that back on. And out the door we go. And we, we, get, we, we, we walk out. We get in our car. And Joel's offense is in the back. And off we go. Carrying our, carrying our stuff. Carrying our offense to work. Can I tell you that, that God, God doesn't want that for you. He wants something better for you. He wants you to, to set down the offense. He wants you to set down the pain. He wants you to set down the hurt. He wants to cast, cast it says there, right there, it says it in, um, look, Hebrews 12, 1 and 3. It says, throw off all the hindrances. Why do you think he said throw it off? He probably said throw it off so that it's not right here. Just throw it off. Get rid of it. Say, I'm not going back to that. And make the decision that it's like, okay, it's over there. I'm not going there in my mind. I'm not going there in my thoughts. I'm not going to pick it back up. I'm going to leave it right there. And it says, look, look at this, guys. In Hebrews 12, 1, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders us. Everything. It could be sin. It could be hurt. It could be pain. It doesn't really matter what it is because it easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance a race that's been marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. We just got done talking about the fact that overwhelming victory comes through Jesus. So if we're going to leave that, if we're, going to, if we're not going to pick it back up, we have to keep our eyes not on that, not on what Joel did, not on what our wife did, not on what our husband did, on Jesus. And it goes on to say in verse 3, Consider him who endured such an opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Can I tell you, when you're, when you're carrying stuff like this, it gets heavy. Your shoulders start hurting. You get weary. You get tired. It's like, ugh, right? And then there's people that go by in life, and it's like they're just running, enjoying life. It seems like they got great victory, and you're, you're kind of like, wait a minute. I, wanna, I want some of that. Well, you can have some of that if you would just do what it is it says right here. Throw it off. Don't let it easily entangle you so that you don't grow weary and you don't, don't lose heart. Cast your care on him. So, how do we do this? Well, the thing that we need to understand is, is that Jesus, he didn't promise that life would be easy, but he did promise that we would have victory. John 16, says it this way. These things that I have spoken unto you that you might have peace. You think maybe he said might have peace because if, if, if you pick that stuff up, you're probably not going to have peace. You might have it if you set it down. You might have it if you cast the care on him. It goes on to say, in the world... You will have tribulations. Oh, thanks, Jesus. That's encouraging. All right. 
In the world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. So Jesus promises us. He's like, listen, there's going to be things that happen. There's going to be people that hurt you, but I've overcome the world. And if you keep your eyes fixed on me, I'll take care of you and you will have overwhelming victory. Think about, you know, for for a minute, just think with me about the life of Joseph. We're not going to read a bunch of his life, but think about his life. As a 17-year-old, the guys, the boy, his brothers that he grew up with, man, they probably played football and basketball and and they did all these things together and they wrestled with one another. The next thing you know, they're throwing them in a pit. And then not long after that, they're pulling them out and they're like, oh, you guys were joking, weren't you? Oh, you're not joking. What are you doing? You're selling me, selling me into slavery. And at 17 years old, 17, he, he's in a, probably in a carriage riding away thinking, man, this is a crazy joke. Gigs up. Okay, let me out, guys. It's a joke, right? No, he left, left his family, left his friends or left his uh, brothers, left his dad that he loved dearly. And, and he goes on this roller coaster through life. And you can't tell me that, you know, not being falsely re- accused, uh, being rejected, uh, being forgotten, right? He, he was in the uh, um, prison and he, he interpreted somebody's dream. And he said, hey, don't forget me. Please don't forget me. And this guy left and he went back out to Pharaoh and, and forgot all about Joseph. And you can't tell me that in the course of Joseph's life that he didn't have ample opportunities to pick up the bag to pick up the hurt, to pick up the pain, to pick up to what was, how he was wronged. You can't tell me. But, but we see in the life of Joseph that he went on to do great things. I mean, he, he was the uh, leader of the servants. Then he became, you know, when he got uh, put into the prison, he became the leader of the prison. And then they finally, you know, remembered him and they brought him out. And, and he ended up being one of the rulers of Egypt. I'm pretty confident when I say, it doesn't say this specifically, but I'm pretty confident that if Joseph would have picked that up, if he would have, you know, as he's riding away from his brothers after they sold him, you know, and he, he puts on the backpack of offense and he puts on the backpack of, of, of hurt, you know, and, and as he rides away, he's got this, you know, spiritual backpack on him. I'm, I'm pretty confident that I don't, I don't know that God could have taken him to where he took him if he would have had that. Why? Because when he went to the, when he went to the servant's quarters, he wouldn't have led and, and, and had the spirit of God upon his life to lead in that environment and do what it is that he needed to do. When he got into the prison, he could have been torqued off and just mad and just uh, holding an offense. And what would he have done? He probably, he, I mean, I don't know about you. I probably would have been, you know, over in the corner, you know, pouting and like, what's up with this? I've been at this for 10 years, Lord. Where are you at? But he didn't. He, 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 he persevered. He, he continued to cast his care on the Lord. And he, he knew that somehow, some way, it wasn't from God, but, but somehow, some way, God was going to work through that situation and he was going to bring victory in Joseph's life. And the same thing is true in our lives, guys. He wants to do the very same thing. And so it says here in, in, in Genesis 50, 20, it says that you intended to harm me. He was talking to his brothers. This is later on in the story. You intended to harm me, but God intended for good. He intended for good. He had an intent for Joseph's life for good. And so, he, you know, the story ends in victory. It ends in overwhelming victory. But all along the way, I mean, we're talking, guys, it was, it was 40, almost 41 or two years 
that, that, that Joseph lived his life before he was uh, brought back into right standing with his, with his family and his brothers. Can you imagine that? Like you leave at 17 years old and you don't see your, your dad or your mom and your brothers and your sisters and then finally at 41. I mean, he had ample opportunities, but God brought him out in victory. And God wants to do the same thing for you and I. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 11, it says that we're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despaired. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down and not destroyed. And then finally, Psalms 34, 19, it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So, what are some steps that we can take quickly? Because uh, I was informed by our children's director that I needed to make it quick. So, our daily steps determine our victory. I'm going to go quick. Our daily steps determine our victory. Because each and every single day when we get up, we have steps that we, that are fa- we have to face. Okay? I mean, the enemy is not going to, he's not going to just let you drop it and come out of there, you know. Woohoo, you know, he's, he's going to bring something back to your remembrance. That's how he's going to do it, right up in here, right between your ears. And you're going to have a choice. Are you going to pick it up or not? And so it's your daily steps that determine that victory. Number one, build your life on him. And uh, I don't want to read this whole thing, but, you know, remember in Matthew 7, 24, it talks about uh, the person that hears the word and does it, right, is like a person that builds his house on a rock. And the storms come and the rains come and they just beat on it and it doesn't move. But then there's the person that hears the word and doesn't do it. And he's like the one that builds his house on the sand. And so we can hear the word. You can come in here and hear it. But if we don't do the word, it's like we're building our house on sand. And then the rains come and, and they beat against us and the winds come and, tri- you know, the tribulations that, that we talked about that, that are coming. They're coming to your life. The question is, what are you going to do? Are you going to do it? You heard it, but you got to do it. And so that's step number one. Build your life on him. The next thing is we have to allow Jesus to lead us into victory. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be unto God who always leads us into triumph in Christ. God wants to lead us into victory. We have to follow. A lot of times we don't want to. Lord, I want to do it my way. I'm good. Lord, I'll I'll let you know when I need you. And he's saying, listen, if you just follow me, looking at your word, building your life on his word, that's following him. I'm following you, Lord. I'm following what your word tells me to do in my marriage relationship. I'm following what you're telling me to do, you know, when it comes to how I deal with my kids. I'm following you with, you know, how I need to do, you know, how I need to be at work. I'm following you when somebody, you know, speaks evil of me. I'm following you when, when somebody offends me. That's what we're talking about when I talk about, you know, allowing him, allowing Jesus to lead you into victory. Because, man, when your wife says something to you and it just kind of like, you know, goes the wrong way, you got a choice. Am I right? And this is coming from a guy right here. He says, amen. This is coming from a guy that's been married 66 years. Let's give him a hand real quick. Listen, he knows. You want, you want marriage advice? You can wait till February. You can make, wait till Joe McGee shows up, but you can talk to this couple right here, okay? They're still married after 66 years. So obviously they got it figured out. And I'm guessing that Johnny, you know, Isla, she can be, be kind of surly and, and ornery. And I'm guessing that, that Johnny, he probably had to, you know, walk in love 
I'm guessing Johnny probably had to turn the other cheek. You guys think that that's the case? I don't know. I'm guessing it's the other way around. <laughs> I'm guessing Isla's the one that had to turn the other cheek and hold her tongue and all those other things that, you know, you have to do, you know, in life. But, it, but what we're talking about here is, is allowing Jesus to lead us into victory. Are we going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Ask my wife. I am not a, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. There are times that I don't hold my tongue and I have to repent. Say, I'm sorry, right? But that's another thing. That's allowing God to, to bring me into victory. He said, you know, when you, when you have odd against somebody, go to them. Tell them what's up. You need to go to your wife. Say, hey, I made a mistake. I said something wrong. Will you forgive me? And they will. They need to. because The Bible says it. Hopefully they do. So allow Jesus to lead you into victory. He leads you through your word. He leads you through prayer. And finally, the last one is this. I want to make sure that you understand that overwhelming victory in your life happens when you surrender your life to Jesus. Right? You know, as I think about this point, you know, I think about my life. You know, I grew up in this church and went to Sunday school, went to children's church. I mean, I gave my heart to Christ probably 16 times over there, you know, every other month. You know, Pastor Phil, my uncle, Brian, you don't need to do this. You did it last week, right? I want to do it, Lord. I want to do it, Phil. Please pray pray with me. Pray with me. I want to accept him. But I think about, you know, so, so this concept of surrender is hard for me to wrap my head around. But, you know, when I think about uh, uh, the time that we went and filmed uh, Steve Rosell's uh, story, his testimony, you know, I'll never forget it because we went out there, man, and he's telling this story, and we're filming what he did. And he basically, you know, he talked about the fact that he walked the aisle multiple times. You know, he, he wanted to do right, but, but there was something inside of him that he wasn't given to, to, to God. There was something that he was carrying that he, he, he was unwilling to let go of. But there came a day on a gravel road in just south of his house where he, he just said, I'm done. I, you know, I'm done with this. And, and he took the bag off and he set it on the gravel road. And now it's a memorial. Every time he comes up over that hill, that's where he surrendered his life to God. And, and, and so that's, that can happen in our lives. You know, when we give our heart to Christ, there's that moment of surrender in our lives. But each and every day, guys... When we get up and our, heat, our feet hit the floor, we have a choice of whether or not we're going to surrender and allow our lives to remain surrendered to him. And so I just want to close now. And, and if you guys could just bow your heads, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity just to, you know, to, to maybe make a decision. You know, what's, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you right now with every head bowed and every eye closed? Because, you know, this is really between each and every person and God. And so I want that, I want people to be able to respond accordingly. And so, you know, if, if you're in that time where we, we've been talking about all this and, and, and the Holy Spirit has been prompting you and tapping you on the shoulder and saying, listen, I, you need to make a decision. I, I want to I help you. I want to bring you freedom. I want to bring you victory. I want to I bring you into overwhelming victory. If, if, if the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, what is that? And so today, you know, I want to just give you an opportunity. If, if, if this has resonated with you, just between you and God, I want you to just raise your hand and say, Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm raising my hand right now because I need to surrender this thing to you. I see that hand. You can put it down. I see that hand. 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 Awesome, 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 awesome. Anybody else? 
Now I see those two right there. Awesome. I'm telling you what, guys. The Holy Spirit is here today to set you free. It might be that you've carried something for weeks. It might be that you've carried it for months. And you might have carried it for years. But today is the end. It's the last time. You don't have to, you don't have to carry it anymore. He wants to bring you into overwhelming victory. And so I'm just going to pray with you right now. And uh, we're going to mark this time just as Steve marked that day when he surrendered his life. Father, we come before you today. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. It is only the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit that can set us free. And so today, Father, there have been multiple people, Father, that have raised their hand in surrender. They've come to themselves. They've realized the error of their ways. They've realized that they've carried baggage and issues for far too long. And today they're surrendering that issue. They're surrendering that hurt. They're surrendering that pain to you. And we know, Father God, today that the Holy Spirit is going to come in and he's going to support and he's going to help and he's going to comfort. And I just thank you, Father God, that, that, that there's a new walk and a new time and a new, a new future for these people that have responded in this area. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that not only that, Lord, that as they go, Lord, that they would just be strengthened with might, that they would continue to look to your word and continue to talk to you and say, Lord, I just thank you for helping me. I thank you for helping me move past that issue. I thank you for helping me and giving me strength to not pick the issue back up. And Father, we just thank you, Father, for this because a whole bunch of people on February the 16th got set free from something that they've held on to for far too long. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Father God, for wholeness. I just thank you, Father God, for healing, that you're ministering uh, healing to these people right now health and wholeness to their life, Father God. Thank you, Father, for encouraging them, Father, letting them know, Lord, that they are loved, that you care for them, and that you want them to have overwhelming victory in life. Father, we thank you, Father, for our time here today and the lives that have been touched and changed by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen.